Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there. Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast. My name is Paul Fraser, and I'm the host. So glad that you jumped on today. Excited about our guest today. This was a fun interview talking about online church. We interview Harvey Trouter from Axis Church. He lives in Langley. He's doing something kind of unique. Not hearing a lot of people doing this. They're using online services to create house church gatherings literally all over the world. Fascinating. Kind of talk with them a little bit about how they got started, what their hope is, the model, the goal, where they see the future of this going. Harvey's got some really interesting ideas. Of course, they're still just figuring it out. Got lots to uh, lots to think through, but they're trying it. They're doing it. I'm so glad they are. I told them, keep good notes so that we can all learn from it. The interview's coming up right now. Really privileged today to have Harvey Trouter with us from Access Church. And uh, really happy to have you on the Multiply Network podcast. Welcome. Wow. Awesome to be here with you. Man, this is great. It is great. This is this is like so cool for me because when I was in Bible college, you were uh, the pastor of the church I attended and saw ministry and how you led. And it was just so cool to see Weka grow during those years. And yeah, so it's kind of cool now coming full circle and uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about online church, which is kind of a yeah. new concept. And But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, your ministry history, and then uh, then we'll jump into it. Okay. Uh, you know, I was a guy who was never going to go into ministry. I don't have one of those stories that it's going to be a pastor or something. I was going to be a business guy. Wow. And uh, just obedient step by step to go to Bible school and met my wife. And, uh, and, you know, we finished when we finished Bible school, kind of went, well, I've done this uh, program and I should at least do an internship. So uh, so we went to Calgary, actually Calgary First Assembly. OK. And uh, for six months internship. And it was at one of those times I can show you where the place Ken Bombay, who was associate pastor then. You, you know Ken? Yeah, I do. Love everybody, that guy. Everybody knows Ken. Everybody knows Ken. <laughs> so Ken, he uh, he says to me, because they were looking at me as a youth pastor. I was 21. And uh, so, but it just, just wasn't fitting. And so he said to me over breakfast, have you ever thought of planting a church? Wow. It was the vernacular of the day. And uh, I, I don't know if I said this exactly, but here's how I tell the story. I say, oh, of course I have. I just came from Bible college. We have theories about everything. Yeah. So, um, but I hadn't hadn't planned to. I wasn't even sure I was going to be a pastor. So yep. my wife and I prayed about it and uh, selected um, the place around a- a Cal- a Calgary to plant, which is a community called Airdrie. Okay. And uh, so 21 years of age, my wife and I moved out Halloween night. <laughs> and uh, started the church with three families. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it was quite a ride. So, man, I knew nothing about anything. 
And um, so voracious learner, just try to keep learning, going places, doing things, hearing. And uh, so, yeah, so, so, so we did that and saw the church uh, grow and move locations and really built a, an attractional model yeah. of church and saw the church grow over nine and a half years. We were there. Amazing. And then yes. from then from there, you went, that's where we connected at West Edmonton Christian Assembly. You were there for a number of years and then on yeah. to uh, CLA. Yeah. And you found well, your home out there. Yeah. Well, we, I kind of felt uh, the story of, of, of West Edmonton Christian Assembly first off was um, I'd had this God moment somewhere in January of if God led me to a small little town for the rest of my life, would I do it? So it was a real, and I knew you can't, you can't kind of, um, kind of smooze your way around God because he'll call you on it. Totally. Right? Cause he totally. knows. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. I really prayed about it and died to it and said, well, you know what? I have these aspirations, which are probably fueled by ego and, and hopes of achieving things. And you know what? I'm going to die to you, die to it again. Like I died at college to go into ministry and, and said, we'll do it. And, um, you know, about four months later, uh, the district of Alberta is looking to see a church planted there. And so a guy named Doug Stiller comes to me and says, mm-hmm. hey, have you ever thought of planting another church up in Edmonton? And my comment, similar as the other comment, was, well, if I do that and it fails, everybody will know that I was really lucky the first time. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was that kind of risk, right? Yeah. And uh, so, so that, but we moved up there and, and uh, saw the church uh Church grow. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, to be honest, I was tired, burnt out. And if somebody would have said, hey, you need a break. Can I help you? I probably would have. Yeah. But um, as it was in the language, no one was looking out for me and I wasn't articulating it well enough. And so the churches that were calling me started and one of them was Langley. Yeah. Would you come on and help us with systems? And and uh, I'd felt the year earlier that someday we'd be in the West Coast. Hmm. And I uh, thought I'd be here for two or three years. I knew what zero to 700 was like. I didn't know what, um, you know, because that's about where the church was. And I didn't know what, you know, over 1500 looked like. So I thought, hey, I get this experience. And then my next experience, we can go, we can ramp it faster. And I've learned larger systems. Yeah. But we moved to Langley. Yeah. And still there today. And uh, loving the weather, I'm sure. Love, loving it, man. Yeah. This is uh, a great place to be. Just break out another thousand to move here. That's yeah. <laughs> so what do you do now? So tell us what you're doing now, because I feel like this yeah. is like you're going along, you're heading down that, you know, a, from a pastoral standpoint, you know, good career path and, you know, just on and on and people are phoning yeah. you. And then it feels like you do a, I don't know, a right turn, a full right, maybe a bit of a reverse course, like... What are you doing now? Why don't you share a little bit of that journey? Yeah, so just the, the shift very briefly. Uh, the shift was, um, began, le- left uh, CLA and and started mentoring and coaching church planters. And actually, over the course of the last eight, 10 years, we've launched, uh, helped plant two other churches. So I wasn't hands-on. I just kind of mentored and coached, provided a uh, charitable oversight and saw two churches in the Vancouver area get planted and planted and going and they're still going and doing well thriving um, 
And then I have a heart for business people and just walking with them. And then I had this crazy idea. Um, I remember it was a collection of, I was with a friend at another location and the pieces of it are interesting, but not enough time to talk about. But the idea was, hey, what about something online hmm. that could um, you could do an alternate day and connect with people? That was kind of the first part. Yeah. That would be like somewhat like a church, I guess. Yeah. And then it began to morph as I got closer to it. In fact, it hit me a summer uh, about four years ago. I got to do this. I actually felt I had to do it. Wow. And um, so it began the process of learning what are the systems necessary. And as it began to morph, realizing, listen, and this is what we may talk about a bit more, um, was, you know what? This needs to be something that we're creating house churches, house gatherings. I called it micro churches for a while. It didn't catch on. Yeah. Um, but creating something, something uh, small. So it, it, in fact, I was sharing with somebody the other day and he goes like, wow, where'd you get this idea from? Oh man, that's great. Oh yeah. And I go, well, yeah, just little mini steps of God, uh, God, God leading, leading and guiding and just innovating. And at that point you didn't really have a pattern to follow, right? There wasn't a bunch of people out there or was there? Or... Yeah. I don't know of any, everybody streams. So this is, we used streaming technology, but yeah. Um, Everybody streams. Everybody is looking to create what I find a broader audience. Yep. Uh, we all want broader audiences. And and so everybody does that. But as I began to work at it, and just theologically, and I went, well, you've got to do this with people. And when we started a few years ago, we were saying, we'll teach you how to project what an online service we have onto your bigger screen. Yep. Now, a lot of people do that. Not without even thinking about it. But then we thought, well, we have to show them and what devices. And yeah. so, so, but there's three things I felt should be involved in every uh, service. And that was a worship component, uh, a God story. We used to call them testimonies, but a God story. Yeah. Uh, first person, God story. And then a message, 20 minutes about, yeah. and, uh, and then, then work with. So that's kind of the, the format of it. Yeah. So that's, that leads us into that conversation of, Access Church, what's the model? What's yeah. the goal? Because online's a big part of it, but that's not where it ends. That wasn't the the main goal to just get the broader audience. You actually wanted to do what you called house churches. So why yeah. don't you explain for our audience what that what that looks like and maybe the reach you're having, not just in Canada. I was surprised as we chatted, the yeah. reach that that the unlimited possibility of online is yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, 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 it is. Um, so first part of your question, I was thinking of what you're saying at the last part. So, <laughs> Okay, the model, the goal, yeah, yeah. and the reach. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, start working on the online um, online piece. I, I like, as soon as you say online church, people, when you said Google 20 years ago, people go like, you're Googling? Like, what, what are you, you're yeah, what Googling? Like, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. So as soon as you've said something like online church, they couldn't grasp it. So they go like, oh, so you're like televising a church on, on a computer, right? They can't. Yeah. But I realized it was right when we launched, that was not the goal. The goal was creating small gatherings. We call I call them early micro church. I still think it's a good term, not original with me. Mm -hmm. Micro church. And the idea was, is that people 
uh, gather together and it'll always stay small. It'll always uh, stay in that kind of environment. And then we'll do something to help them uh, have a gathering so they can do what in church concept would be simple church. So it's not complicated and they're not trying to get to the next stage and create a pastor and a salary or anything like that. And the idea is always keeping it small, always gathering together, learning how to, and then the house gathering, their goal is how can we create community with the people who are there? And then how can we reach our community right. around them? So we say, those are the two legs you stand on real simple, very, very um, understandable to them. Yeah. And, and then we say, we'll provide you with the questions. And as we go along, my intention is we haven't developed them to the fullest is we can equip those leaders online and have engagement with them and so forth, how they can lead better, how they can, they can mature and, and, and create a whole back end of teaching and training online for members of the house gatherings. And the idea was too for it to reproduce. So a house church grows big enough to reproduce itself again and again and again. So the idea wasn't just to stay small so you can be a little island. That reach part was like... Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for drawing that out. It's absolutely the truth. And yeah. and uh, so the, the sense of gathering together in community um, was so that we could effectively be reaching more and more people. It's simple. We yeah. always say we're going to start with... We're going to start with three and then grow from there. Right. And uh, so that that kind of uh, concept of just reaching out and growing. And then, you know, I, I see it um, as a real means of reaching cities. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we can unpack that in a bit. Yeah, Sorry, so, I had a phone call come through part of that, so I got distracted. <laughs> One of the things... I saw a squirrel run by. Yeah, <laughs> I do that too. I, got a, I get accused of that lots. Um the thing that I was I was surprised by, but but very intrigued by, was the fact that you do an English speaking service, but it's you have these micro churches or house churches all over the world. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. how many? I was surprised about how many were there. Thirty two countries right now. Wow, that are uh, watching and or um, have started a gathering here. Here is. This I found interesting, and I thought I would pull it up when we're talking. So let me see if I can find it, because I got this email uh, reply today. It's fascinating. From They're from Kenya. Okay. So uh, from yeah. Kenya. And the comment was, it's fascinating how they said it, once I could put my finger on it. So he goes, uh, oh, shoot. So it, the basic gist of it is, he goes, so... We were praying last night at 3 a.m. My, my wife and I have been praying about this since 3 a.m. And finally, she said, uh, let's start. So yeah. she said, we we knew this other person, so we invited them to join us. Oh, no, it says, we led somebody to the Lord. Yeah. So it's my wife and I and them and two kids. Yeah. So we can get started now. So yeah. what do we do next? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, and so you go like, okay, what, what is traditional thinking? Well, okay, well. I know, well, we got to put you through the training classes. And yeah, then we got to yeah, put you through yeah. this. What this does, in a sense, offboards it. Fat, you onboard people rapidly. Yeah, and then you teach them. And remember, go to the Holy Spirit because yeah. He's ultimately going to have to guide you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, you, you onboard people very, very rapidly. And I, I just thought it was funny last night or the earliest morning. I get it and said, 
So three in the morning, I was very clear. Three a.m. My yeah. wife said yes. Like, is he wearing her down? Like, like what's awesome. what's going? He <laughs> just keeps like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's go for it, let's try this, let's try this, uh, you know, city access church thing. And wow, that's so cool. And so yeah, yeah. So 30, 32, 32 countries all around the world, and occasionally there's a few countries that are unusual, like Afghanistan, yeah, and Malaysia, uh, Pakistan. So some of these countries, I also got an email this morning. Uh, from somebody from Ethiopia said, I just got your message. They said with the uh, troubles in Ethiopia, the government had kind of shut down the internet piece. And so I just got your message. Wow. So it's like, uh, yeah, so it's become this very much a missionary, you know, strategy. Yeah. So, and like you said before, you know, there's, there's worship that you guys do and there's a God story and then there's, a short message and it gives them questions. It seems pretty, pretty simple, but it's catching on with these groups all over the world. Yeah. So, so I think we'll morph and change and adjust, but we kind of go with a 45, 50 minute uh, presentation. And of course we're not the big deal. Their life is the big deal. Yeah. We're empowering them. And uh, so the message is 20 minutes. You go like, well, we could expound much more. Yeah, but let's get them discussing. Let's get them having time together. Right. Uh, the the worship, if they have worship capabilities in their group, then we tell them because we let them stream on demand if they're a registered gathering. Yep. We give them passwords that they can stream on demand or download so they can play. Right. So some techni- technical issues. Uh, but if they got the worship already, just say, "Hey, stop! Start at the next part." So then yeah. we have an encouraging word uh, point where you you know you talk about what finances and the value of that. Then we have a God story, yeah, and then a message. So it's about a fifty minute experience. And I'm sure it'll adjust, but I always felt like yeah. three things had to happen: worship, testimony, and then biblical message. Yeah. So the concept's very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's lots of conversation these days on whether online church is actually a yeah. church. You know, you and I actually were coffee last week, and uh, I thought you had some good thoughts to say about, like, online church by itself. You know, just watching it online, again, you know, lots of churches streaming. People now are probably saying, hey, you know what, maybe I don't need to get up and go to church. I can watch it live at home. What are your thoughts? There's lots of conversation. I think this is going to be a bigger conversation for us moving forward. I think online's a big part of our future. Love to hear your thoughts as kind of being a bit on the, you know, that innovator, early adopter side of things. What are your thoughts yeah. about online church? Yeah. Yeah, I have a number of thoughts and you draw some out if I, I don't get the first crack at it. Yeah. Um, so just so you know, let me kind of do the preamble. The preamble is, just because I'm doing something different doesn't mean I'm dissing everything else that we've done. Totally. So I have questions about the things I've done in the past. Sure. I wonder about them now, but just because it's different yeah. doesn't mean I'm dissing everything. Yeah. I do think there's questions we need to ask ourselves, which we should always be. Yeah. Um, the idea of online. If we're looking, I think we have to ask ourselves, why are we online? Why are we doing it? Yeah. If it's maybe to do a widespread we want to have uh first you know um want to reach our congregation who's not there the church uh, service that weekend or but if we're just broadening our audience 
that that's great. Um, I actually don't see a problem in it. It's just not kingdom by Matthew 28 of making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so when people started, I talked to a lot of pastors who are my friends to help support us. And one, of the, I got several questions coming back, and you may want to draw that out if at some point. Um, but one of them was the question of, um, yeah, they didn't see it biblical that we didn't have a church ourselves starting churches. And, um, and so the question I come back in discussing saying, listen, Hey, can you actually broaden the message out there without making disciples? And I think the question is, can you do it online? They watching it and make it a church. I think, no, I think we can reach people. We can encourage people. We can win people. We can educate people, but how, but church is all about gathering together and being eyeball to eyeball, face to face, skin to skin. And so that's where real community happens. Don't get me wrong. You can do community with social media and stuff. That's pretty cool. I think there's an element of face to face, unless you're totally isolated from the rest of the world. So I think it has to have that flesh to flesh gathering Mm -hmm. to have that community. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when we talk about online church, we're just saying online audience online and we call church because people you know it's a nice term yeah so to me it's always been we got to get them together and i think that's where the i think that's where the the magic takes place or the miracle yeah when you get these new believers interacting and not you see i can't get them dependent on me yeah so so if they're just audience they depend on the super guru whoever it is sure so the magic is, miracle is, is when they gather together and they share together, then life forms there with them. And, and then everything gets shut off like Ethiopia. They pull the plug around the world. And all of a sudden they're going like, well, we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. We can just keep doing it. Yeah. So tell me then, because I can hear I can hear some pastors out there going, you know, and again, not you don't have to defend anything. I'm actually wanting your take on it. And I love how you said that you're not dissing anything or you're not like shutting down what the other things are and saying, we're so much better. We're so much front edge. Yeah. Yeah, There's, I think Rick Warren says you need all types of churches to reach all kinds of people. I think that's true. In your mind, though, what's the difference then between, and we talked a little bit about this at our coffee, that it's to be a small group and a church, you know, so you, you're, 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 you're sending the signal, they're downloading it, they're watching it. In your mind, what's the difference between a small group then and these house church, micro church gatherings? It's all about the empowerment of the people. Okay. And uh, so if we're fully empowering them like we think we are, when we potentially create consumers, mm-hmm. I think we're fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think, and we're keeping it small enough so that it's only two steps, create community, do all the one another's with each other, yeah. and then strategize and reach in the community. Mm-hmm. So I think those two dynamics have great power because they're simple, yeah. right? So they can be multiplied very, very, very rapidly. So um, yeah, and then to gather in a bigger group, uh, yeah, I think those things can happen spontaneously, but creating it with walls, I, I, I think that will... I think that goes against the culture of what we're trying to doing is keeping it small and reaching. And then the strategy, which I, we were talking about is how to reach the city. Yeah. Yeah. Because can you have enough buildings in a, in the city 
to have the big gatherings. No, you can't. Yeah. So then the early adopters get it and then they tell their great stories. You know, we're in the, uh, you know, yeah. the symphony center. I got thousands of people. I go like, oh, rats. I wish I thought of it just five years earlier than you, you know, yeah. the symphony center's taken now. Right. Yeah. Um, everybody has a living room or knows somebody who has a living room. Yeah. So all of a sudden we can gather together. And I, th- and I think the couple things that you said about this model is it's scalable, you know, so it could grow quickly and you could triple in one week and it like there's hardly any overhead. You can do those simple steps. But I want to just kind of repeat a little bit what I heard you okay. say about what the difference is between a small group and a church is that I think typically small groups don't multiply. In fact, it's not really a part of their DNA, most. I wouldn't say all. I think there would be some small groups and churches that are missional. They go out and do things together and they reach their community. But I think the thing that that could shift, you know, that our thinking between house churches is that empowerment of the people and then it's it's meant to reproduce itself over and over and over again. And so I just wanted to kind of highlight that because I thought that was a really, really good thought about the difference between those those types of things because the location's the same it's a living room it could yeah. feel like a small group but the philosophy behind it really is that did you want to add to that at all i i think that's great one question i heard early on from pastors that were talking about the concept even before we started the question they asked me was from friends they'd say well how are you going to control these yeah and to my friends i would answer and say that's a very good North American church question. Yeah. I'm not so sure it's a world Holy Spirit directed question. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to work at, you mm-hmm. know, proving people, raising them up. Don't get me wrong. And quality and, and excellence and discipleship and all that for sure. Yeah. However, those begin the limiters when they become the limiters of God outpouring himself. Let's let a little mess happen uh, so that we're getting something done in a way that, you know, you want a clean barn. Don't put any oxen there. Yeah, you know? totally. Want a usable stable that you're going to pick up garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think planting, I think if you plant the gospel, churches are going to grow. I think that's the idea. You look at the scriptures, you plant the gospel, a church grows. And uh, sometimes we do the opposite. I've said that before. We plant churches hoping the gospel will grow. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think there's a way for us online to plant the gospel in community in a way that it can grow into house churches, micro churches. People can get discipled and reached for, for Jesus. So let me ask you this question. Where do you see online church going then for Canada and then around the world? It's interesting that our biggest followings at this point has been, um, you know, third world countries Um, and them catching the idea quicker. Right. Um, So in Canada, it's, it's people are following us. We don't have any official gatherings uh, we have some family gatherings and the challenge is it just doesn't fit our historical view of what attending church is. 
And if you could boil it down and find the ingredients, I think you might find uh, remembrance of the past. It was very memorable to my life, getting coming to faith. And, and, uh, and number two, it's very sociological. I love going and seeing 50 to 100 of my friends in a location. I don't know if that's, a, it's, it's reality. And if you're building a, an institutional or a four walls church, you got to take attention to sociological things. Yeah. But those are limiters many times, many times to us actually growing it ourselves. So yeah, Canada, I think is, um, and North America, our model was successful. I'm not even saying it's not successful now, but the success hinders us moving forward. Yeah, it's not like, well, it worked 40 years ago. It should still work. Yeah, it's not a it's not a flexible model today. And and I think there's I mean, I mean, this kind of leads into our next question, you know, as it relates to how do we keep church multiplication a priority? And I'll get your take on that in a second. But you're right. We have to think about what percentage of Canada is going to go to the existing church. And, you know, and there's lots of stats that we could argue either way, but the largest majority of Canada uh, would probably not at this point go to our existing church models, whatever they are. What I like about what you're doing, Harvey, is you're trying something new. And to your own admission, you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. You know, we need, honestly, I've said this before, I think we need church planters and pioneers and entrepreneurs on the edges being research and development for future church, for future influence, for reaching people in Canada. And I think online is going to be a way that we can do it. It's scalable. It's reproducible. It's simple. Not the production side of it. You know, that part I can get can be quite... Some people that understand it more can do better at it. I I get it. But once that's done, then you could download... People could download it Two million times. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know if I could do two million services or have two million messages or, you know what I mean? So I think there's some real exponential growth here, but just selling the idea of, okay, so what could it look like? What are our arguments against it? Mm-hmm. You know, any thoughts about that? Okay. So my mind's swirling and uh, I I had the case where we met, uh, we were around some people who are 60 plus and some of those people have stories in their early days of house gatherings where they experienced the Holy Spirit and fire and they were filled Mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit and wonderful and they grew. So when you talk to, so when you talk to people of that era, who've had those experiences about, you know, those, the value of those gatherings, they go like, Oh yeah, that was, that was pivotal to my, to my life. It didn't have to be in a big gathering with hundreds or thousands. Um, so, so that's a, that's just a that's just a perspective. Yep. Um, so you don't have to have it in big places with incredible speakers and anointed prophets and and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's empowering the people to li- live in it. And then the other thing that needs to be reminded here is, if the gathering on a weekend is all about the power of a message, um, then. I can get that on podcasts with the greatest communicators every week. Well, you can now. Whatever going somewhere. Yeah. You can now. now. Yeah. yeah. So it's got to be a rough gathering 
together in the power of the Holy Spirit, hearing the word, yeah. loving together, caring for each other, and just doing you know life simply in the presence of the Holy Spirit in togetherness, yeah. and then we can get a good message and, and learn from it too. Yeah. So um, I think the church is what I'm doing. I see churches all around the world doing this and doing it better than us. Mm -hmm. uh, once they get um, a perspective and saying, okay, we're going to add something. And this is what we often tell when I've coached churches to do something innovative. Don't stop what you're doing. Keep it going. But ask a few people if you're willing to try something new over to the edge yeah. and try it new while we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And this is different than streaming your services. This is different than gathering in the, in, in the building. Mm -hmm. This is about creating these communities all around the world, mm -hmm. you know, starting in your community, but all around the world and mm -hmm. discipling them. Mm -hmm. It's going to add, uh, you know, I think many churches will be doing this. Yeah. Just we, we're caught up in some of the things we think has to make up what a church is. Yeah. And we're going to have to let some things go, I think. Yeah. We're going to have to let some things go. If we're, if we're serious about reaching Canada, we got to be able to do, you know, the things we're doing better and then do new things that, yeah. that, uh, you know, that, that would be effective for reaching Canadians. So let me just, you know, last question here, and then we'll get to some rapid fire questions. Um, how do we keep church multiplication, a front burner uh, item as the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, you've been with them many, many years. You you've worked in some. You've planted two churches, and why why don't you just help us? You know, something I ask many of the guests here: speak to our group, speak to our tribe, and uh, and maybe offer some thoughts on what we can do moving forward. I think uh, we have. I'm going to answer this a little broader than you expected. Um, I think we're, we're an organization that is mostly led by pastors and uh, have that shepherding, caring, loving uh, perspective, and we model that mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. So that people who are in our group churches who feel called to the ministry, who are pastors, go to school to learn so they can become better pastors. But there's an element of the Bible calls apostles. We've talked to them about missionaries, the innovators, or people willing to venture out. Like, where are those people uh, who we can champion, who can make mistakes significantly, and um, and that we champion and walk alongside? You know, I, I love some of the new stuff that's happening where you give people a manual and they do it a certain way, and you know, and I know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice franchise model. I'm talking about the people who are going to try things that no one's doing. Mm -hmm. And they're the apostles amongst us or innovators or entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call it, that you're happy with. And they're going to do things differently. They're going to reach many, 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 many people in different ways and spark other new innovations that are biblical. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to reach people. So, hey, granted, you like the manual. You want to, okay, you'll appeal to people who like franchises. But the people are going to start the Apples of the day and start the Microsofts of the day and start the Twitters of the day and all the, the, the Googles of the day. They didn't come out of McDonald's and learn from the little manual. They were innovators. Mm -hmm. and so we got to find those people, identify and champion those people. And if you want to put, I find people are willing to, by experience up now, gleaned, they're willing to put money into what we call 
proven and tried. And um, I'm praying for great resources to come in because I want to look for those people who are the people going, oh, that's not going to work. You know, before Apple exploded, uh, Dell says to Steve Jobs, why don't you just give everybody their money back and do the world a favor and close the doors? And I think we got to champion that because it's it's the biblical piece of what's going to advance us forward. Mm-hmm. And but it's going to that's going to take some mentality and mindset. And if we can release resources to champion these ones, I I I think this is uh, it's brilliant. And because I, you know the you know the churches that we've launched, praise God, like in North America here. So for hand, two hands on, two generally, and now this online piece has been basically done alone. There's been a few done little things, but somebody suggests it, but then I have to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not that great, but I happen to have a skill set a little different. I don't fit the the best grid of the classic, you know, successful pastor. So I think we're going to find those people and yeah. champion them and see something rise in them and see the whole fivefold, uh, you know, fivefold get that entrepreneur uh identified yeah no that is really good and that is something that i think younger leaders out there are excited to hear you say and others say that that there's some flexibility in model there's flexibility it's one it's part of the reason why when our general executive and our general superintendent said we want to make disciple making communities not just churches. Churches are a disciple-making community. Yeah. But there was going to be all these other expressions that didn't fit in our four you know, categories of what a church yeah. is. And those are those entrepreneurs on the edge going, okay, why don't we try this? I think culture's heading this way. And I think we, we as a group need to spend some time with the Lord and ask God, what's next? What, are, what do we need to do? What do we need to do better? What do we need to let go of? And so that we can see a nation reached reached for him. And yeah, I agree. I think we need more creativity, more experimentation, which means we need business guys and those with resources to get behind leaders that are willing to experiment. Absolutely. I'm right with you. Okay. Well, here comes the rapid fire questions. Get ready. And uh, your favorite sport? I do. I do terrible at these, these things, by the way. Well, you're already off to a bad start because you <laughs> hockey, hockey. Your favorite hockey team? I live in Vancouver. I'm a hometown guy. So are you? And what are your hopes? What are your hopes of them making the playoffs? <laughs> I have high hopes. We have high hopes. <laughs> okay. Favorite book you read in the last? I'll say six months. You know, I'm just rereading it again. I love it. It's uh, called, uh, it's a great book, Mark Batterson, and it's about Circle Maker. Oh, The Circle Maker. Yeah, Yeah, old book. I'm doing a series, picked it back up and read it. Yeah. If you could vacation anywhere in the world, where'd you go? Uh, Wherever I haven't been. Um, (laughs) With my family. Uh, Yeah. Probably, uh, I haven't been to, done a lot of Europe, so the southern oh, yeah. coast of France. Ooh, that'd be cool, hey? Uh, if you could, if you're on a nice hot day and you're downtown Vancouver and you're looking for a beverage, what beverage are you getting? Hey, it's coffee. It's a coffee 
location. So it doesn't matter. Lots of good coffee in all sorts of places. So finding a good coffee, Americano. Yeah. Even uh, on a hot day? Hot day, you know, I go for the uh, mocha frap. Yeah, not a Slurpee, yeah. hey? No, 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 not that sugar, man. Oh, oh, oh. That's sorry, 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 sorry. Any podcasts you're listening to that would be helpful? I listen to a ton. Um, give us your top three. Uh, you'd, I'd have to look at them. Okay, give us your uh, top one. But you know what? You know what? I, I, it's just where I'm at in my point of my life. I just always love Furtick. Yeah. Uh, He's always inspiring. Um, I'm always listening. I'm listening to some faith guys right now. So okay. I'm listening to, yeah, yeah. So I'm listening to Jerry Chevelle. Okay. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, and another guy named Womack. You guys just, yeah. you know what? But these guys uh, pump me up, just kind of re- reminding me of, uh, you know, where the, um, I've taken faith and yeah. uh, challenge. So I'm looking for it to inspire me. Yeah. I just recently was on a motorcycle trip. Uh, didn't do that many miles, but on the day, probably six hours a day on the bike. Yeah. And all I listened to are audio messages. Okay. The whole time. Yeah. And the guy with me, the business guy goes, how do you do that? <laughs> I go, man, it just gives me, he goes, oh man, I need space. Yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I'm just getting pumped up. I listened to one guy. Three times, it just so fired me up. I'm trying to think of what that message was. It was like, it was John Bevere. He was talking about something. I was going like, oh, man, that just fired me up. You're in, John Bevere. Yeah. Okay, are you a Raptors fan? Toronto Raptors? Uh, I am a Canadian. I'm a homer. Yeah, so. So, Raptors fan. However, I'm kind of a West Coast guy, so I was kind of pulling for Golden State, to be honest. Oh, were you? Yeah. That's not going to win a lot of viewership here, but... (laughs) So do you think Kawhi Leonard's going to sign? Because the because at the time we're recording this podcast, we still don't know. Is Kawhi, yeah. Prophet Harvey Trouter, what oh, do you think's going to happen? Will he sign? To. You think he's going I to? I think he's going to. Okay. <laughs> That's our only hope. <laughs> I know. I'm totally with you. Hey, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today. Really awesome. appreciate it. Hey, that was great. That was great uh, being on here and... Um... You know what? I forgot to mention. This is my favorite podcast. Oh, okay. So like, what? This is my favorite podcast. Okay, so I'll edit this and put it back in the, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> no, go ahead quickly. Go, go, go. <laughs> anyway, it's great. What podcast is it? The one that we're doing right now. Oh, the one we're doing right now is your favorite. Yes, oh. the favorite one. Multiply Network. Just Come. that's my, like my favorite. It's just you just. You just you just forgotten about it. Speaker. But, you know. <laughs> oh man, it's great. I love I love uh, chat with you. Love dreaming about okay, the future with you. Fun. And uh, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. And yeah. uh, be sure to take good notes so we can all follow. Well, one thing that's amazing in the journey when you're out like this, you um, you feel at times very desperate to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And then there's something about that is exhausting. <laughs> there's something yeah. about that that makes you fully alive because you're going like God. I can't. I can't yeah. be idle because this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And then there's something that when it's done, you go like, Well, that sure wasn't me. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's it's exciting. We had. I think one question you were asking earlier. Uh, we hit a number of 2,960 people engaging a wow. few weeks ago. It's not always like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. Yeah, we're excited. Come on. Well, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. And okay. if you want more information, where is it? 
on the website. Axis.church, A-X-I-S dot church. All right. Thanks for jumping on today. Okay. Hey, thanks, Paul. Blessings. Appreciate you.